SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. So then we woke up on Saturday morning, we watched the man from Kenya make history and Elias Makori, a seasoned journalist from Kenya, was there to watch it live and he joins us on the line. He is still um, in Vienna. Elias, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us here on SAFM in South Africa. Good evening, Tabiso. Are you... Well, firstly, you, you are still in Vienna. You were there on Saturday. How was that experience for you as a Kenyan just to be there and, and witness it? Well, I mean, it was uh, phenomenal. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, writing about athletics for the last uh, almost 30 years, and uh, nothing comes close to this in terms of, uh, you know, the tension, the expectation, the excitement, and, uh, you know, after the, the, the achievement, uh, the celebration after that, it was absolutely uh, out of this world. Are you able to put it into perspective to us what it means for the people of Kenya and do you have any idea of how the celebrations were in Kenya? Well, the celebrations were massive. Uh, I mean, uh, I saw the pictures from Everett, uh, thousands of people pouring out onto the, onto the streets watching the, um, you know, massive uh, TV screens, uh, you know, advertising boards that were transformed into um, uh, TV screens uh, for them to view in Nairobi, in Mombasa, all over the country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, on the morning, uh, the day before, um, President Uru Kenyatta, you know, called Eliud Kipchoge on phone and wished him well. And, uh, you know, uh, Eliud said uh, that really put the pressure when he got the call from the president. Uh, the, the deputy president, uh, William Ruto, was here. We were with him, uh, you know, watching at the finish line. It, it was really, really fantastic. And most importantly, um, it really brought the country together. And and how was the build-up to this event in Kenya? Is it true that there were prayer sessions being held across the country to bless Elliot's attempt? Yeah, there were, there were prayer sessions. Uh, I remember on uh, the 6th, a week before, um, I, I did attend a Catholic Mass in uh, at the University of Nairobi, made uh, especially prepared for mm-hmm. Elliot, uh, where the choir... Uh, you know, are wearing these um, T-shirts written 159. And, uh, you know, part of the sermon, the, the priest uh, was, was talking about uh, uh, the power of, uh, you know, belief and, uh, you know, really inspiring uh, um, uh, sermons that came through. And uh, even uh, uh, across in Maasai, the traditional people there, were they had the traditional prayer. So, I mean, it's unbelievable what uh, sport can do to a country. And Elliot really... Um, you know, brought the country together. The expectations were very, very high, and because especially there are some skeptics who said, "Hey, look here, um, no man can run uh, under two hours for the next um, 30, 40 years." So mm. uh, the pressure was really on Elliot, and um, the Kenyans really were expectant. There was actually a paper that was done by the Science of Sport in 2010 that said, "No man, no man will run a sub two hour marathon in." 80 years that's what they had said and and i saw we saw during the race his social media numbers kept going up i think he doubled his instagram page and his other pages and for those who were not aware or familiar with the sport of running or didn't know elliot before this 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 milestone who is elliot and how was his upbringing Eliud is a, is a very, very humble, uh, you know, gentleman um, from uh, the North Rift region of Kenya, uh, you know, a place called uh, Kaps, uh, called Kapsabet. Um, he started off as an ordinary runner, and uh, in 2003, that's when really he hit uh, the limelight when he won uh, uh, the gold medal in the 5,000 meters at the World Championships in Paris. Um, he was phenomenal on the track, and then um, uh, decided to go onto the road, winning his first marathon in Chicago in uh, 2014. Mm-hmm. And you know, people really started uh, taking note of him uh, when he, you know, um, 
consistently won he won 10 of his first uh, i mean 11 marathons yeah. and the second uh, the, the only one he lost he came second now the only one he's lost he was second to a world record world record uh, holder yeah and and yeah. and how do you describe the kind of area or community that he grew up in, he grew up in and and what is it about running in Kenya Elias that's made their long distance runners so great well uh, the, the village that he comes from is called Kapsisiwa and uh, that's an area where um a lot of world champions have come from i mean from uh, 1978 uh, Henry Rono Mm-hmm. Um, comes from that area. Henry Rono broke, uh, I think, uh, that was uh, three world records in inside 80 days um, in 1978. Right here in Vienna, incidentally, he broke the the world uh, 10,000 meters mm-hmm. record. Um, and you know, a lot of champions have come out of there. Wilfred Bungay, the Olympic champion in the 800 meters at the 2008 uh, Beijing Olympics. We have people like uh, Janet Chepkosge who won gold at the World Championships in uh, in, uh, in in Osaka in 2007 and many, many other champions. So these guys, uh, you know, Elliot Graying around these people uh, was really inspiring to him, and that's how he built uh, his confidence, started running, uh, you know, 18 years ago, asked for a training plan from uh, his coach, uh, Patrick Sang, whom he did not know then. Mm. He just woke up, walk, walked up to him and said, hey, coach, I need uh, a training plan. And Patrick uh, gave him that training plan, and uh, he doesn't regret uh, why he did it uh, today. <laughs> and I believe they've been together since. Yeah, they've been together since a uh, very solid relationship, uh, you know, a very good management team, uh, you know, um, global sports communication from the Netherlands, which is run by a gentleman called Jo uh, Simons. Um, also manages, uh, you know, people like Kenenisa Bekele from Ethiopia, Haile Gebrselassie, Stephen Kiprotich from Uganda, the, mm-hmm. the two-time uh, uh, world champion in, in the marathon. Um, it's really a solid team, and uh, I think this continuity, consistency, um, you know, both fruit um, uh, in here in Vienna um, a couple of days ago. And would you say distance running is the number one sport for you guys in Kenya? And and do athletes see it as a way of getting out of of poverty or difficult circumstances? Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of uh, interest, uh, football is still uh, the number one sport. Interestingly, because mm. um, you know people follow a lot of uh, bizarrely um, English, English football. football. <laughs> uh, the local league is uh, terrible. I mean, the standards are very low. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of interest in sevens rugby, um, uh, and athletics really doesn't have that big following. But I think what Elliot has done is really push the sport up there. I think people now uh, take more interest in uh, in watching uh, uh, athletics, especially distance running. Well, that's very good to hear. Uh, Elias, thank you very much for speaking to us. You're lucky man to have been there and safe travels back to Kenya. Thanks. I mean, I'm letting it uh, sink in. That's why I'm still here for a few <laughs> days until uh, <laughs> it all sinks in. Then I can travel back. Enjoy the moment, my friend. You deserve it. And for those who missed it, let's play you a clip of what we witnessed on Saturday before we speak to Kewan Walker. Cheering him on. 400 meters to go. Let's bring him home. This is history unfolding on the streets of Vienna this morning. It's a Saturday run like we've never seen before. Listen at the noise. The crowd getting right behind him. Goodness me, 300 meters to go. He can see the finish line here. Neil Armstrong we had on the moon in 1969. We had Roger Bannister, the four-minute mile 65 years ago. Edmund Hillary, the first man to climb Everest in 1953. We have one minute to go. Elliot Kipchoge is on his way here. It's not this, humble, be a this humble farmer who used to run two miles to school every day and back. He used to go to the nearest town on his bike 
to sell milk at the local market. And now, through hard work and discipline, he's pointing. Come on, he says. Elliot Kipchoge has the hand of history on his shoulder. He has less than 200 metres to go. Elliot Kipchoge, let's keep an eye on the clock. Into the final 20 seconds. Elliot Kipchoge. Whoa! On his shoulder. 140. <laughs> 140. The unofficial oh, line. There's his wife. Elliot. Elliot Kipchoge storms into the history books in Vienna. 159.40, the unofficial time. The first man to run a marathon in. Wow. That's it. That's what happened on Saturday. We have Q1 Walker who joins us on the line. Good evening, Q1. Thanks again for speaking to us on SAFM. Ah, to be so, thanks for having me on the show. Well, we just had the commentator likening it to Roger Bannister who ran that sub four-minute mile. Others compared it to Neil Armstrong being the first person to walk on the moon. Are those correct comparisons? Yeah, I would definitely say so. You know, a human being to run under two hours in a marathon, it's, it's unheard of. But we heard about it on Saturday. And if there could have been anyone that did it, it definitely would have been Elias Kipchoge. And, you know, he's always said that no human is limited. And, you know, he really proved that on Saturday. On that note, then, does it does it reset the psychological framework for everybody else than Cuban? Yes, definitely. I mean, since um, Elias just missed it in, in, back in 2017 when he did two hours and 25 seconds, um, he's since lowered the world record to 201.39 in Berlin last year. And we see now in the big city marathons, um, a lot of the Ethiopian and Kenyan athletes are running 202, 203, like it's just uh, a Sunday run, so to speak. So, uh, you know, he's really uplifted the performances of the other athletes because they can see that, you know, Elid has now gone sub two and what's stopping them from doing it? It's, it's actually given them belief that they can do it too. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, Bannister's sub two mile, uh, sub uh, four minute mile was broken shortly after he did it. Um, but it's hard to see the same happening here. Or do you see someone going under two hours in the marathon in the near future? Um, I don't think we're going to see it uh, happening again for some time because, you know, that's, it was one of Elliot's big um, dreams and aspirations to be that first person. So I think uh, for now he's going to focus on the Olympics and then possibly Boston, New York, so that he can win all of the six World Marathon majors. But um, having said that, I definitely think within at least the next 10 years or so, we'll probably see another sub-two-hour clocking and it will be in a normal race like Berlin, for example. Okay, we've got Sipo from Deben on the line. Sipo, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, Tabiso. Uh, I mean, I, I, it was such an amazing thing to watch on on. on, on uh, on, on Saturday morning, and, and also just speaking to Kieran as well. Uh, maybe I missed it from, from just understanding the reason why it is not recognized as a world record. Uh, why was it, is it not recognized, even though I, I, I missed it in terms of explaining why it won't be recognized as, as an official world record. Okay, great call. No problem there, Sipo. Uh, Q1 will clarify it for us. I think a lot of people also want that clarity. Uh, Q1, it's a common question. Why is it not being recognized by the IAAF? Yeah, so I think um, before I go into the details of why it wasn't, I think we must also remember that from the the onset, this this run of his was never billed as a world record attempt. They always said it wasn't going to count towards a world record. They were just merely doing everything possible where they could run a sub-two-hour marathon. Um, And the reasons why it doesn't get um, recognized by the RAAS is because it wasn't an actual marathon where he had competitors that were competing against him, number one. 
Uh, number two was he was being handed his drinks uh, from a moving uh, bicycle mm-hmm. along the route, whereas in normal races it's you know it's stand in hand or take it off the bottle. And then the the biggest factor of it not um, contributing towards a world record is the fact that um, the pacemakers that he had were jumping in and out of the race. So he, it, it although people watching on TV. Um, they could have assumed that all the pacemakers ran with him the whole way, but that wasn't the, the actual case. They had every four to five Ks, um, a new set of five pacemakers would jump in and five would go out. So that's basically why it's, it's not ratified by the RAAF. On that note, I mean, let's talk about the science used to achieve uh, this feat. Yeah, you've already mentioned the pacemakers. There were 41 of them, and not just anybody, former Olympic and world record holders. There was Matthew uh, Centrovis, the 1,500-meter champion. There was the, the brothers from Norway, uh, the five-time Olympian, Bennett Lagarde, Paul Chalimo was there. How do you describe the roles they played in those uh, mostly smooth interchanges? Yeah, you know, it was it's, it's probably... Although it wasn't a, an official race, you could say that the you know the caliber of the athletes that took part on the day was probably the most competitive um, event that we have ever seen. You've had, as you mentioned, Olympic champions from 1500 meters all the way through to the marathon, but you know they played a, a big role in not only keeping to the pace. They were helped by the, the laser light that was being shown shown onto the road from the car, but um, more especially just blocking the wind from from Elliot. So if you would have noticed. There were five pacemakers yeah. that were in front of them and then another two that were behind. And a lot of people asked what was the role of the two guys that were behind them. But actually having those two guys behind them with the five in front actually created like a swirl around them. So actually there was no wind at all that was getting through to Elliot, um, thereby saving some energy you know, while he was running. And uh, on Twitter here, Kyle says, I feel folks will always have tough to say about Elliot. He did a sterling job. Africa is thrilled and he is our champion. What about the shoes, Q1? There was a lot said about the shoes, the technology. What was different with the shoes? Yeah, so um, as you know, back in 2017, Nike came out with uh, the Nike Vaporfly Elite that was made just for Elliot. Um, Majority of the running shoes that we have now on the market are, are made of a, a normal EVA foam. Um, Nike came up with a new technology called Zoom X, which is a very lightweight foam that almost made a racing shoe look like a training shoe. It was that thick, but it was very cushioned. And the secret into the shoe was also a carbon fiber plate, which gave a bit of a propulsion uh, feeling when you when you wear the shoes. Um, so all the pacemakers that ran on Saturday were in that uh, Nike Vaporfly next. However, Elliot had his own shoe, um, and it's, it's a prototype at this stage. It's, it's an update to the, the Vaporfly Next. Um, it's still got the carbon fiber plates in, Zoom X cushioning, but they've also added additional AirPods in the front of the forefoot. So that's going to be an amazing shoe for, um, you know, just not your, your everyday runner as well that could, could go into it. But um, we'll probably only see that shoe come to light around uh, Olympics time next year sometime. He stuck to a pace of 2 minutes 50 seconds per kilometer. For the layman, how do you explain that? It's, it's crazy to be so. I mean, just to, you know, for the layman, um, obviously park run is a, is a huge uh, event, mm. not only worldwide, but in South Africa. And a pace of 2 minutes 50 per kilometer, if you had to go down to your local park run, you would have to run that park run in 14 minutes and 10 seconds. And Elliot did that back to back to back to back all the way through for 42 kilometers. 
And while the, the average was 250, mm. just from, don't forget that when the pacemakers stepped aside with one kilometer to go, mm. Elliot not only picked the, the pace up in that last kilometer, blowing kisses and thumping <laughs> his chest, but he ran that last kilometer in two minutes, 40 seconds. It's, it's really out of this world. And finally, we spoke to Elias now, a Kenyan journalist who's there in Vienna. I mean, he was telling us about this man. He, he only took up the marathon, I think, in 2012. He's only lost once in 13 races, which was a second place to uh, Wilson Kipsang in, in, in Berlin. It was a new world record for Kipsang. Is Kipchoge the GOAT? Is he the greatest of all time? Without a doubt. Um, you know, he's, to me, my, my personal opinion, and I'm sure many people also feel the same, he's definitely the greatest athlete of all time. You must remember back in 2003, he was only 18 years old in Paris at the World Championships, mm. and he ran against uh, Kenisa Bikile, and you know the, the the top guys at that time in, in track, and he won. He won the 5,000 meter, and that set his track career up. He got a medal in the Olympic Games as well, and I think we actually have to give credit to Athletics Kenya for not selecting him for the 2012 Olympics because. That um, kind of put um, Elliot, you know, he was either thinking, okay, now he's done with running, he's going to retire, but then he decided to try the marathon out, and it was the best thing that could have ever happened to him. As you mentioned, the 13 marathons, he's only lost once, and that was in his second marathon ever, but it took a world record to beat him that day. Wow, unbelievable. In 20 seconds, Q1, your pinned tweet on Twitter has a picture of Elliot Kipchoge wishing you good luck for the Comrades Marathon. How did that come about? Yeah, so I'm very close friends with a, a guy called Gert uh, Breen from the Netherlands, and he's known as the, the flying uh, runner. He's a pilot, and literally every top Kenyan that's ever graced uh, international shores, they've actually gone for a run with this guy. So he's very close to a lot of them, um, and I assisted him the last two years in coming out to run the Comrades Marathon, and yeah, he surprised me with uh, that picture with Elliot um, wishing me good luck for Comrades, and also, Jeffrey Cumrall, uh, yeah. I had a picture with him as well. He's the world uh, record holder and training partner of Electric Georgia. Great stuff. What a tweet there. Uh, go check it out at Q1. Uh, run with Q1 on Twitter. It's a minute past eight. We have to go to news. Uh, sorry, Greg. Thanks to everybody that joined uh, the show. We're back again tomorrow between seven and eight.